everyone and welcome to We Watch Bad Films, the podcast where we watch bad films and we don't have so oh, so you don't have to. And also where we record bad intros really poorly so you don't have to. Ah oh, dear, that was a terrible start to a terrible show, no doubt. Uh, I'm Gary, but with me is Jay. Hi, Gary. <laughs> Do you know, you think by 14 episodes, 15 episodes, I'd get this right, but you know. <sighs> I guess that's why we are what we are. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I mean, it's a very difficult job you have to do the intro. And, uh, maybe I'll pick up the slack at some point. Who knows? But um... yeah, maybe I should just hand it all in. It's just it's clearly all over. <laughs> it's 2020. It's fine. <laughs> if that's the worst thing that happens in 2020, we'll be okay. Luckily, nothing yeah. worse will happen in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, so you're on record now with that. Mm-hmm. Yep, nothing can go wrong now. Although, I having said that, speaking of things that go not very well in 2020, uh, we come to you this week um, shortly after the death of one of the nation's favourite actors, Sean Connery, 90 years old at his, uh, at his death, so not bad at all. I was just going to say, one of this country's most favourite actors, but he... I mean, is an icon, one of the one of the few remaining icons, I would say, around the world. Yeah, instantly recognisable. And I, I was thinking to myself, you don't really hear anyone say either, yeah, I don't really like that Sean Connery. Yeah, he's, that film was OK, but I didn't like Sean Connery. I don't think anybody ever says that, do they? And they probably say that about every other actor ever. But nobody says, oh, that Sean Connery is in it. Yeah, Sean Connery is one of those old school type actors who is just a firebrand of personality on screen. I mean, you could definitely argue that he wasn't a very good actor in the chameleon sense. And you compare him to someone like um, Gary Oldman, who is the go to male comedian, uh, chameleon type actor. But he's of that old school where. Uh, you could just be a presence on the screen, and that was enough. And he certainly was a presence. Yeah, he's of a vein of Michael Caine or Steve McQueen, where you're getting 100% that person. But, you know, let's be clear, and I'm, I'm sure I speak for you when you're not saying that's a negative. You know, they're just not that kind of actor. They're bringing charisma, they're bringing wit, they're bringing charm and style with them. It's almost like the brand they bring with them comes into the film and lifts it. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I don't know huge amounts about Sean Connery's back catalogue, but I do know he's been in some stinkers in his time. But I don't think anyone would say that he was bad in any of those films. I think he just happens to have chosen poorly sometimes. Um, yeah, you could say in certain films where he refuses to lose his accent and he's playing someone from a completely different country. Yeah, I mean, he's not really acting like other people might, but I wouldn't. I don't think anyone would say that he was ever bad. You, you mean like when he was a Spaniard in Highland 2? <laughs> yes, I do mean that. Or an Irish-American in The Untouchables. Yes, who brought a knife to a gunfight famously. Yeah. So, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, he, he played Bond, I think, seven times and unofficially and officially. And I know that you're quite a fan of Bond. What, what was your favourite role of Sean Connery's? Uh, well, I, I just watched yesterday um, 
You only live twice. Um, you watch Millennium by Robbie Williams. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Forget that. Oh, that's um, a cracking tune. I love that tune. Used, and I'm going to cut across, right across you here. Used to such great effect in an episode of Mad Men. I know you haven't seen, but it's <sighs> iconic. Wow. Anyway, back to back to the film. I was going to say John Barry, and in that that film, John Barry is on form. But um, actually, a very good Bond film, and he's really good in it. But I think the first two for me, which are actually, um, they're not like the rest of the Bond films. I think they started out as a serious, attempting to be a serious spy action suspense um, franchise, and he plays it totally seriously. I suppose he does in all of his films, and, and really if you think about the witty quips that Bond says, he does all of those, but they're not played for laughs. It is Roger Moore who does that. But um, his presence in the first two films, um, he just looks so cool. It's it's early 60s aesthetic. He's got a sort of um, a rugged uh, charm to him. Yeah, I mean, so much charisma. He's Yeah, he's... I think the story goes that Ian Fleming was absolutely dumbfounded and horrified when they he found out that Sean Connery, an unknown Scotsman, was going to play his Lausch, English, upper-class, suave, sophisticated spy. Uh, mm. And I suppose you can understand that because, well, Sean Connery is Scottish and he's working class and he came from the military and was like a, a bodybuilder. That's really... That's really not the sort of um, thing that Ian Fleming was going for. But I think it was undeniable. Ian Fleming saw him in Doctor No and said, no, he's brilliant. So there we go. Clearly left his mark. So that, that's Doctor No and From Russia With Love, yes? Yes. Excellent. Very film. good. I'm going to go the other end of his career. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're really into films, you should say things like uh, Outland or Doctor No or his best ever films. But do you know what? I most adored his performance in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is Junior. a very popcorn answer. Junior, which um, called the dog, Indiana, um, <laughs> because he's given so much good stuff to work with. Um, he just flits between this grandfatherly scholar and this cheeky little schoolboy. He does the comic stuff. He's shocked by all the action and the death around him. Um, and he's just utterly, utterly adorable in the role. Um, and you have a great franchise. Well, you know, I think it's a great franchise. And Indiana Jones, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. And then what are you going to do next? I know Temple of Doom. Let's move past that. You, what are you going to do next? You've got Harrison Ford as one of the ultimate action stars. So you put the action star of the previous generation in with him, Sean Connery. And my God, what a pairing. So mm. great together. And that would have come from um, Steven Spielberg uh, really wanted to do a Bond film. And he was talking to his friend, George Lucas. So, and he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, what? I think I want to do my next film is a Bond film. And George Lucas said, hold that idea. I've got a better idea. And George Lucas told him about his um, 
his uh, archaeology, sort of swashbuckling um, Indiana Jones idea, and then that's what happened. So, what better way to cap the uh, three-part uh, Indiana Jones trilogy than by getting James Bond in as ha- Indiana's dad? Brilliant idea. Indeed, I, th- I think it's inspired. Um, just on that George Lucas note, um, stay tuned to the end of the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about George Lucas and, and call ahead to another episode at the end. So bear that in mind when we get to the end. So in memory of uh, the great Scott uh, passing, I thought we should watch what is regarded as one of his bad films that I've never seen, and that's Zardoz. Have you ever seen it, Jay? No, never seen it. I know exactly what it is. I mean, that image of of him in his red is emblazoned on my retinas. Never seen it. Yeah, I'm aware it's in a sort of sci-fi genre. It's 1974 and directed by John Borman, which floored me when I read that. Um, And you consider the CV that John Borman's got. Oh, yeah, but I mean... Could go either way with John Borman because he also did The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, which we of course he did. We watched together <laughs> and couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, we eviscerated that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really bad. Oof. Yeah, yeah, I feel like one of these rough. directors who makes lauded films mm. and then all of a sudden an absolute stinker and we can't work out why. No, exactly. As discussed in a previous episode. So I tell you what, why don't you guys go away and listen to a trailer for Zardoz? Me and Jay will watch the film and tell you what we thought. See you on the other side. Zardoz speaks to you, his chosen ones. The gun is good. passage into the vortex you will show me how you come to be here tell me everything my name is zed osandos i am an exterminator
Welcome back to We Watch Bad Films. I hope you enjoyed that trailer. Uh, now, before we get into it, a little peek behind the curtain of how we record this show. So, uh, as you hear it, is literally how we record it. Which we record, we go off and watch the film, and we come straight back and talk about the film. So, we don't have time to prepare any material or, you know, write up detailed thoughts or go and you know, construct really uh, well thought out things, which is going to be immediately apparent when we try and sum up this film. <sighs> Jay, do you want to try and explain why I'm going to have trouble with this? <laughs> um, the reason you're going to have trouble is because this this film is a steaming pile of cack uh, and makes absolutely no sense. Uh, I'm going to try to summarise some kind of plot, okay? Oh, are you? Oh, that's good. That gets me off the hook. Go for it. Okay, Sean Connery, who's wearing a bikini and thigh-length riding boots with with a huge moustache and a massive ponytail that's plaited. (laughs) I mean, that's worth the entry fee just to see that. Um, He's like some sort of... Barbarian in a barbarian tribe, and they ride around on horses and they shoot people, and that's what they do on this planet in the but maybe it's Earth in the future, anyway. It's set in the future, who cares? Um, there's this huge giant stone head that floats around. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up. And this tribe that Sean Curry is part of sees it as a god, and it's called Zardoz. And Zardoz tells this tribe, killing people is good. Um, Let's say procreating is bad. We'll leave it at that. They make it slightly more graphic. And I think the, the, the floating head called Zardoz is voiced by uh, Patrick Stewart, but we'll have to look that up. Um, for some reason, Sean Connery climbs inside this floating head <laughs> and he buries himself underneath what looks like a coarsely ground coffee. <laughs> And he arrives, the, the head flies off, and he arrives in what looks like the Scottish Highlands. I believe it's Ireland. And he gets out of the head, and he he gets, he gets walks into these grounds of this stately home. But no, it's not a stately home, really. It's some sort of alien land, or some weird, tr- different tribe live there. Uh, in the stately home, there's these giant, huge, inflatable things which look like condoms. We won't talk about that. Um, and this tribe that Sean Connery's met are kind of like uh, the they've they've they don't die, so they're immortal. They know everything about art and culture, and and they see Sean Connery as like this this animal, and they they instead of killing him, they want to uh, study him. Um, don't really know why. Um, I think basically uh, one of these other tribe who don't die is pretended to be a god. (laughs) Stay with me, everyone. (laughs) Oh, God, this is difficult. He's pretended to be a god. And one of this tribe was actually in the head and pretended to be the floating head called Zardoz. And he was trying to tell this other tribe that Sean Connery was part of 
to kill people because he wanted Sean Connery's tribe to come to his tribe and kill them because they're bored of being immortal. Well, you would do, wouldn't you, really? I mean, who would want to be farting around a stately home and for all eternity? I don't know. Um, so he sort of in, he reveals himself to be part of this higher clan and he manipulated Sean Connery to come and destroy these immortals. And Sean Connery learns all there is to learn and he and he ruins everything and he and he destroys everything. And the immortals then are able to die and they all want to die. And Sean Connery's original clan come on horses and they shoot everyone. And everyone's like, yes, please kill me. And then Sean Connery is almost stabbed by uh, um, Charlotte Rampling. And then she says, oh, actually, I really love you now. And they go off and they climb inside the head <laughs> and the head floats off and uh, it cuts to her sweating. And we're like, oh, why is she sweating? Oh, she's giving birth. Okay. She gives birth. And the final uh, couple of seconds of the shot of the film are Sean Connery and Charlotte Rampling wearing green pyjamas, staring at the camera with a child in between them who every two seconds grows and grows until he gets to a, a man and he walks off and Sean Connery and Charlotte Rampling stay staring at the camera and they slowly turn into skeletons and disappear. Jay, that was very impressive. <laughs> 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 you could rattle that off from that absolutely weird psychedelic psychedelic trip. It blows my mind. That is, my hat is off my head. <laughs> Thank you. I, I felt possessed by the, the spirit of Zardoz. <laughs> oh, God. Well, indeed. I think we yeah. get to a, an altered state of consciousness watching this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, there was there was something about that. It was... Very, very, very surreal. Uh, very uh, attempted cerebral, but it came across quite camp. Um, you know, it gave me overtures of like um, Tommy, the Who rock opera. Oh yeah, kind yeah. of visual hedonism. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and sort of like, but kind of like very uh, blunt and in-your-face kind of shots and soundtrack and editing, a bit like Tommy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, lots of people dressed in cling film stuck to the walls. Oh, the nitty gritty of this film, some of the scenes and the dark. I mean, I don't really know how we're going to get all of the details of this film across because it's so dense. The dialogue just goes on and on and on, and it is absolute drivel. But but more, it's not like drivel like some of the films we've watched where it's just like, well, this is rubbish because the person writing it hasn't got a clue. It's not that. It's the other end of the scale where John Borman knows exactly what he's doing, but he's really, really pretentious and has completely lost sight of what the audience is into. And it's so self-indulgent. Yeah, I'm, I managed to find the Roger Ebert review from 1974, where he did basically say that after such success with Deliverance, for which John Borman was nominated for the Oscar, um, he was allowed to say, yeah, sure, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. 
Um, you've, you've earned it. And boy, did he just did whatever he wanted to do. Oh. It's um, always a challenge when you get the writer, producer, director being the same person. When it, we did say, you when, know, when, when have... it came up on the credits, we were like, oh dear, writer, producer, director, that's never a good sign. Yeah, that's the sign of a singular vision, which is good in art, but for something commercial and consumable, challenging. Yeah, okay. But, you know, there's... And this is all very subjective, obviously, but there's, like, there's challenging and there's pretentious horseshit. And this was... I mean, it was... when, When we're laughing in between falling asleep... um. I'm sure John Borman is that is not his intent when he made this film. It was not his intent to make the audience either fall asleep or laugh every every other scene. No, you're probably right. Um, it just felt like it wouldn't stop. It needed to lose at least forty minutes, I think. <laughs> hour and forty. <laughs> well, yes, considering it was an hour and thirty nine long. Um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Look, I'm trying not to absolutely crap all over it. It's really hard. Some... It is so bad. <sighs> it, can we? Just, I just want to be clear. This film is so bad, and it was. It's it's surprisingly bad because Gary, when you picked this film, this is our tribute to the legacy of Sean Connery, um, who actually is basically okay in this. He doesn't really say very much. He looks ridiculous, but he he carries it off just about. But when you told me we, you know, you wanted to watch this film, I was like, okay. I imagine this film's going to be campy and a bit wacky, a bit like Battle Beyond the Star, mm. but it's going to be watchable. Yes, and it's going to have a vaguely coherent story because it's John Borman. You know, he's a he's a massive director, but we were completely wrong. It is an absolute pile of poo. It, it is the pretentiousness that really sticks in the teeth. You know, it's not fun and it could be a lot of fun actually you know it could be like a barbarella <laughs> but it, it looks like barbarella. it ends up being like a yeah but it ends up being like a poor man's 2001 yeah and not the good bits of 2001 it's mm. oh in fact at some points you said planet of the apes as well yeah because it's got elements of all like the, the the look of it it's got elements of planet of the apes elements of 70s doctor who elements of um a lot of those 70s sci-fi or fantasy films it's 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 a little bit bbc actually but it is a bit but it is so incomprehensible and everyone talks in this faux shakespearean tone Mm -hmm. and the characters are there's there are no characters i mean uh, Sean Connery's character is called Zed, and there is like, the, yeah, he, Zed is dead. There is no characterization to him. Everyone is a zero, um, and the acting is. I mean, there's some heavy hitters in here. I mean, Charlotte Rampling is still going. Um, the the acting mm-hmm. is so over the top and shinky shonky. Oh. Okay, what about the cinematography? It looks nice. It's well filmed. Yeah, it it's a very nice looking film, and I and I had to sort of grab you and say, look, it does look nice, doesn't yeah, it? it 
there's one scene of a of a dinner table of a banquet table where they have vines dropping from the top of the screen they have the food along the bottom and you have this brilliant white center um, where the actors are and it's a really really well put together shot in particular or there's a scene of zed browsing the library which sounds worse than it is um with these dark bookshelves either side and and he's full scrabbling through trying to find something um there's lots of really good visuals in it um the zardos head himself who you described as brian blessed um <laughs> is actually a really nicely designed thing and i think it's kind of cool and should have a more iconic status in siphon yeah i would second that it does look good uh, it's it's certainly uh, bold which actually when when the film started <laughs> the first few seconds and then it cuts to a floating head it was like we both said well you can't fault john borman for not being bold because it is a very bold film it looks bold it sounds bold what I will fault it for is the costume design. The costume design is awful. Um, it's mm. really 70s. And I'm afraid. Yes, but not in a good not way. Not in a good way. And I'm afraid. Not like play for today. Yeah. I, I'm afraid Sean Connery, it's, that has tarnished his career, I'm afraid. The, that look of him in that bikini with those boots, it does not wash with me, Sonny Jim. It, it was a real struggle to get through. I mean, often you ask me about um, little quotes that I found, and I, I just couldn't bring myself to write anything down because some, so much of the dialogue was so leaden and, as you said before, sort of delivered in a Shakespearean style that was a real turn-off. Um, yeah. Um, I got really worried at one point when they started discussing how bad, how evil erections oh. were. I thought this was going to go in a really different direction. Oh, no. I forgot about that. I think. Yeah, I didn't. I should have guessed when, right at the beginning, when the giant floating Brian Blessed head started talking with the voice of Patrick Stewart. And he said something along the lines of, um, Guns are good, penis is bad. <laughs> and I thought. The gun is good. The gun is good. Penis is evil. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. We are, we're not even five minutes in. And, oh, okay. That's mm. quite strong. And it just gets worse and worse from then on. Um, <clears throat> the cinematographer, I'm going to give him props. I'm going to name him. He's Jeffrey Unsworth. He did many, many famous films, uh, certainly of the uh, 70s and 60s. His final film was Superman 2. And he did the cinematography okay. for 2001, A Space Odyssey. So no wonder it looks good. Well, there you go. It, it, is a, it is often beautiful to look at. It's just boring to sit through. It's beautiful to look at if you ignore just, the costumes. I thought I'd pick out a couple of the Google reviews that I found. And we can, we can chew over that. Um, one from David Hall. Zardoz is so like life today. Chaotic, but organised. Ruled by the elite, but dependent on the poor. I see Trump as one of the founders, his wall keeping out liberty and religion. Tax laws to benefit the few believers of his way, and a separate hell for the non-believers. Where is our Zed to save us? 
Yeah, I mean, yes, I agree. But also, it's all a load of shit. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid and I can't buy into John Borman-esque pretentiousness. Yeah, here's, here's another one from Craig Andrew. What film are you going to find Sean Connery in a loincloth and a handlebar tash rogering and water? <laughs> Mint. That's more like it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoying it for what it is, I guess. I just, I kept saying to you through the film, I was like, I'm astounded at, at this. I've never seen a film like it. It's so bad and it's so up its own vortex. Um, I am. I would really be interested to know what the reaction of cinema goers when it came out was, because it's James Bond, but he's in a he's in a, a bikini, and it's incomprehensible tosh. So I wonder what this the audiences thought at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's 1974. Tom Connery's a hot, a hot, um, the hot actor of the time, and so therefore key pull. Oh, Sean Connery film. Let's go and see that. And they must not have enjoyed that, if that's not what you're expecting. Yeah, I mean, surely this must have really dented his career, because how can anyone have gone to see it? Uh, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible. And I will say, Sean Connery, I don't know all of his films, but he has got some stinkers, like I said at the beginning. And you wonder why he said yes. I suppose it's because the prior film was Deliverance. Uh, did he not read the script or see the costume designs? Um, I imagine if you're an actor, you probably would read the script. And if he had read even the first few lines of the introduction, I mean, I probably would have put the script back and said, mm, yeah, no thanks. I guess either he got along with him really well or he saw something in the script that was really interesting uh, or he didn't have to travel very far to film it. He probably liked the gold in Wicklow where it was filmed. filmed. <laughs> yeah, he probably did, yes. Um, there were a lot of nubile young ladies with their nipples out uh, kissing and caressing him. Maybe that, that mm. swung at him. There, there was mm, a scene true. where all of the characters were discussing his penis. <laughs> mm. That happened. That did happen, didn't it? I think so. I think so. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, it's not a hard one to guess, Jay, but would you recommend Zardoz? No. No, 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 no. Absolutely <laughs> not. It is, no. uh, it's an ordeal. I would prefer to have seen a, se a sequel or a prequel just about the floating Brian Blessed head, quite frankly. Yes, and even better if it was played by Brian Blessed. It would be amazing. <laughs> yes. That's a film. Let's I would... go. The penis is evil. <laughs> there you go. That's what I want to see. <laughs> so bad. So those of you that stuck with us all the way through the pod, thank you very much, first of all. And second of all, I did say... Um, I was going to tease ahead. Our next episode is a George Lucas special. George Lucas is really special to Jay and I. Um, so we're going to discuss some of his work in the next episode. So if you've got any thoughts about his work, we'd really like to hear about them. We're going to discuss the film THX1138. Um, please get in touch with us at Twitter. We watch bad films. 
Instagram at WeWatchBadFilms or email us at WeWatchBadFilms at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about George Lucasfilms, specifically THX1138, and we'll discuss them on a future show. But for now, I think that's it for us. So thank you very much, Jay. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.